It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, Jordan? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of this weekend's Champions League final. And I mean, you could probably tell by the intro, maybe we can have a quick recap of the Europa League final. Uh, And we'll also go through George's picks from this week. He's taking us to the championship playoff and also a game in the MLS. Uh, George, how are you, mate? Nice, uh, nice little three for three last. Oh no, it was it was two out of three, but it was very very close to being three out of three, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. We did quite well last weekend. Um, the one I was particularly happy with was the uh, West Ham to win and to score two or more goals, and that was at two point seven four, I believe, and that landed quite easily. To be fair, um, I thought it was a great price on that one. Yeah, really good last weekend in the Premier League. So uh, yeah, happy with the performance and nice to end on a high. Yes, yes, very good as always, mate. And uh, yes, you must have enjoyed um, the Europa League final. I did for a number of reasons. One, no more than obviously I didn't want United to win. So it was great to see epic scenes. Ollie's at the wheel. He's doing his thing. He's back. But uh, no, for me, I, looking beforehand, I couldn't, still couldn't believe Villarreal were four to one um, going into it with United just below evens. So, you know, United correctly favourites, but... The disparity between the two sides was not reflected in the price. And and uh, I mentioned on another podcast that without Maguire, United have only won by um, two clear goals um, on two out of eight occasions. And one of those was against Derby County in the cup in the in, you know from the championship. Um, so I knew it'd be tight. Villarreal, very good side. And obviously it's called, it's abbreviated to the UEL, meant to be Europa League, but it's more like the Unai Emery League, isn't it? It's, it's one, nice. what is it? He's won. He's won four now. Yeah, you can you can abbreviate it to the Unai Emery League, and you'll still get the same thing. It's great. But uh, I think no, the more won... impressive thing is that he's never lost a a two legged tie in the Europa League. He's like it's, he's twenty three yeah. out of twenty three or something like that. Is just it's unbelievable. Insane. He and I I know people are probably going to think I'm just a bitter Arsenal fan, but he is not a great coach. I I I'll I'll, I'll say that. As honestly as possible, he's he's not that disagree. great. So I do not, I, I don't, I don't understand how he's done it. You've, I've got to disagree <laughs> massively. There, he's a phenomenal coach. You do not win four Europa Leagues in the manner that he has if he's not a good coach. The only sort of anomaly in there is the fact that it's Arsenal. You know, like he's been every other club he's been to has been fantastic on the European stage. Yes, Villarreal finished seventh this season in La Liga, but they were still, you know, very good side. They went through this entire Europa League campaign and didn't lose a single game. They drew against Arsenal, and that was one. But apart from that, you know, they won 13 out of their 14 games leading up to the final. You've got to be a good coach if you're going to do that. I don't care if it's the second tier of Europe, you know, of Europe. You've got to be some coach to be able to do that. If anything, I think Arsenal needed to give him a little bit of time, and they were very quick with the chop. You know, if you give Unai Emery time, he's going to build something. And I think you were very hasty when you got rid of him. I, even at the time, I kind of thought it was questionable. I know you weren't doing well, but I think it was very reactionary to get rid of him. And now he's gone to Villarreal. And, you know, they've obviously won the Europa League and knocked out Arsenal on the way there. So, yeah, I don't think you can say he's a bad coach. I think he's a brilliant manager. 
I mean, he might be a good he might be good for other teams, but I'm sorry, he was atrocious <laughs> for Arsenal. No, I mean, okay, I I'll give you one game to go and watch, mate. It was Arsenal versus Watford. It was mm. like it would have been like round five of last season, so the nineteen twenty season. And yeah, just go and watch that game, mate. And, and you cannot <laughs> you cannot tell me he's a good manager. Uh, no, no. In all in all seriousness, he 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 was he was pretty bad at Arsenal, and I know mm. that I know that we've still been pretty bad since. But um, yeah. Anyway, mate, we can go down. We could go down this rabbit hole for a for a long, long time. But I mean, congratulations to Unai, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, you've got to be happy with the results at the end of the day. You beat Manchester United. I think it was their fourth year in a row without a trophy or something like that. So yeah, four uh, years in a row, and it was it was well deserved. You know, they exploited United's weaknesses. United are very, you know, they're so good on the counter. That's why they do well against the bigger teams, such as PSG, such as Man City, most recently, because those teams come onto them and leave gaps at the back. BRL stuck in, forced them wide, nullified them in the middle. Perfect game plan. Yeah. All right. Um, quiz question of the week, mate. Which team has scored the most goals in the Champions League this season? We'll get to the answer at the back end of the podcast. Um, yeah, relatively easy one there, but, uh, you know, might surprise a few people. You never know. Let's talk Champions League final, though, mate. How good is this, an all-English final? And what do you know? Your favourite team, Manchester City, doing their thing, coming into this one as pretty decent favourites. I've got the odds up on my screen. You can get best odds of about 1.95 at the moment for Man City. The draw sits at about 3.4, 3.5. And Chelsea, outsiders in this one, you can get as high as 4.7, maybe a little bit higher than that in a few places. As we know, Chelsea... I mean, they beat. The funny thing is, is they beat Man City in early May, but since then they've they essentially stumbled into the top four with losses to Arsenal and Aston Villa recently. They also had the FA Cup final loss to Leicester City. They are they are very much out of form, you would say, going into this final. City, on the other hand, almost you would say they've almost been waiting for this day for a. For a very long time, having wrapped up the EPL title, I mean, they won the EPL title a couple of weeks ago, but they really had a one about ten months ago. And and the most, I get, I think, as I was kind of saying before, the most interesting part of this final is, although Man City are clear favourites, Chelsea have beat them in their last two outings. So, I mean, <clears throat> before we uh, get into the nuts and bolts, mate, how are you feeling going into this final as a as a true citizen? Bricking it <laughs> <laughs> fundamentally, but uh, it's a yeah, long time in the waiting, isn't it? For yeah, you guys? yeah. It's uh, thing is, I've said that before on this podcast that the Champions League is about key moments in the game that you need to go your way. Um, and it, it seems this season we're finally having one of those a competition in the Champions League where City are getting the rub of the green more often than not, where in the past everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, you know, or whether it be a combination of Pep overthinking things. You think of that Sterling goal in the in the last minute against Tottenham to send us through, and only to be ruled out. And you know, it's, it's little fine margins like that, and that have obviously uh, stopped us. But no, we're finally there after a just an absolute ridiculously good display against PSG in the semi-finals. I mean, 
Yeah. That Ruben Diaz performance defensively is something that will live long in the memory, I think. It was it was just fantastic. And Mares showing his worth as well. I mean, funny enough, last season I was the first to slate Mares for either not, you know, giving the ball, not being part of the city way, kind of being very selfish and losing possession. He's been sublime this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. And, and I think he'll have a big say in this game. Um but yeah, I mean it's I, looking at this one, I've tried to kind of put my bias to one side and look at it objectively as if I'm just a neutral fan. And obviously it's been difficult, but I was looking at the odds and similar to kind of the United via Real game, actually. And I agree that City should be favourites, um, but under evens, I, you know, it's a Champions League final with everything on the mm. line. Um, I, I don't think the odds necessarily reflect the chances for, for both sides. I think under evens is there's no value on, on Man City there whatsoever. But then in the reverse of that, Yes, Chelsea have beaten City twice in you know recently, but and obviously yes, City have got their strength, their strength in depth is second to none. Um, but in both of those games where Chelsea did win, City, I wouldn't say City had a weakened lineup, but they didn't have their preferred lineup. For example, if it was this game, if it was this fixture of this magnitude, the two sides that face Chelsea on those days wouldn't be the side that play Chelsea in this one um, whatsoever. And also, let's not forget in the most recent league meeting where where Chelsea did win. City should have run away with that. They're all over them, scored. Um, and Sergio Aguero tried the Penenka, did not come off in the slightest. The most embarrassing attempt to a penalty I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, if that goes in, you'd argue that City are probably home and dry anyway. Um, mm. So, but yeah, with this one, I mean, I was more nervous in that if Chelsea failed to qualify for the Champions League, the motivation is just even higher for Chelsea to win this one um, so that they get that, you know, in the Champions League next season. But, if anything, it was kind of perfect for me in that, you know, they made the Champions League anyway, but they also lost on the last day of the season with a pretty abject performance, uh, to be honest, and against a very good Villa side. So they've already got Champions League assured next season. They're on it. They've, they've kind of dipped off towards the end of the season, which I think two should be worried about. Um, but yeah, just sort of diving through the stats here, you know, look at just a, sort of a brief overview. City have won their last seven. Champions League matches and they've also scored at least two goals in all of those seven as well so they always seem to find the back of the net in this competition um, City haven't got any injuries going into this one uh, which seems weird to say so we've got everyone available but Chelsea are sweating on the fitness of uh, Edouard Mendy and N'Golo Kante but um, apparently Kante managed to train today somewhat so I think it'll be touch and go as to whether he starts but a player like Kante if he's fit you've got to have him in the side surely Chelsea are undefeated in 11 of their last 12 Champions League matches. Um, but City have outperformed their XG in the Champions League. They've scored 25 goals from an expected 23 uh, expected goals for. Meanwhile, Chelsea have underperformed in that department. Uh, they scored 22 goals from an expected 24 goals. Um, looking at the sort of Champions League finals of times gone by as well, the last sort of five Champions League finals, Three of them have seen both teams accumulate over 1.5 cards each. Uh, but it's worth noting, I think a couple of them were obviously Madrid derbies. But then you've got the likes of uh, Juventus that were in it, Bayern, PSG and obviously two. Um, but as I said, Mendy, you might miss out through injury. Um, and of the eight games that uh, he's played in EBL and the UCL, sorry, so if Kepa comes in, of the eight games that Kepa has played this season in both the Premier League and the Champions League, Chelsea have won just two of them. They've drawn three and they've lost three. And Kepa has conceded six goals in, in that time too. So it's no doubt to see since Mendy's come in, he's really reassured that back line of Chelsea is much more dependable than Kepa. Um, so if they have to go with Kepa in this one, I think that could be a bit nervy for that back line who are so used to being able to depend on on Mendy. Um, but yeah, as we've already mentioned in the three games these two have played this season, 
There's actually been 26, 20 and 27 fouls committed. I do quite like the fouls angle in this one for, for value. And the, the referee is um, Antonio Lajos and uh, he's much hated by Barcelona and Real Madrid fans alike. Um, but given how tense this game could be, you know, there's a, they're offering six to five, which I believe is 2.2 on Unibet for over 22.5 match fouls. As I said, in the three meetings this season, there's been 26, 20 and 27. Um, and I, I just think, as I said, with the magnitude of this game, with Lajos in charge, everything that's on the line, no one's going to want to give an inch. They will stop attacks as soon as they start, just to avoid that. Yeah, I think 2.2 on Unibet for over 22.5 match fouls is, is it's a very low line, in my opinion. I'd have it closer to maybe 24.5, 25. Um, but for t- over 22.5, I'd have closer to 1.9. So for 2.2, we're getting value there, in my opinion. Um yeah, both teams saw two plus cards in, in one of their earlier meetings. But as I've already mentioned, it's going to be a tight game. And Lajos is absolutely mental with cards. He's, he is ridiculous. In his last 20 games officiated, both teams have seen at least a card in, in 17. And, you know, and with these two, and as I said, I keep mentioning how tense it is, it's 11 to 8 for both teams to see two or more cards on, on Bet365, which is 2.38. Um, and that presents massive value to me. I think that's a very big price. I'd have that potentially a bit lower. So, uh, yeah, my favourite two picks for for City-Chelsea are over 22.5 match fouls on Unibet at 2.2 and both teams to receive two or more cards at 2.38 on Bet365. Good man. Good man. Look at that. He's, he's, he's really looking forward to a, to a dirty, know, dirty mate. game. Just call me the just call me the postman, mate. I always deliver. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, um, from, a, from a Chelsea perspective, do you think it... It's kind of a, a whole new scenario, I guess. I mean, they're coming into this out of form, but do you yeah. kind of do you kind of rub away all the all the bad form just because it's a big final? But I mean, you probably could have said the same thing for the FA Cup final, and you could have probably said the same thing for last week's top four final, if you want to call it that. Well, yeah, and I mean, Chelsea don't win this one. If they lose it, have they really done that well? I mean, yeah, the performances have been there, but they haven't won a trophy since, you know, spending, what, £200 million in the summer. I know Frank Lampard was there, you know, for the majority of the season. But everyone was raving about Tuchel when he came in. And don't get me wrong, he has done well. That Chelsea side was much more organised, much more difficult to play against. But you're not judged on individual games throughout the season. You're judged on what you've won. And, yeah, they weren't expected, I'd say, sort of after half the season when Tuchel came in, they weren't expected to win anything due to their start. But then the, you've got to look at the positions they then found themselves in. So they've now found themselves... They found themselves in a race for the top four that looked fairly comfortable at one point. They found themselves in an FA Cup final and now they find, find themselves in the Champions League final. If they fail to win this, have they really had a successful season given the opportunities they've had to, to claim trophies? Mm. So if they go, if they finish it potless, in my book, it's been a, it's been a ridiculously poor season for them and, and something's not quite right. I mean... I think Werner will come good next year, though. I, it annoys me and it really pains me to say it, but obviously after watching a lot of Bundesliga, um, when Chelsea signed Werner, I thought they bagged themselves an excellent strike there and he's not proved it this season. He's been very unfortunate in certain instances and it's a crisis of confidence, but when he gets that confidence back, they've got one hell of a player on their hands, but I'm just hoping he stays a bit quiet for this one. But um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, Chelsea need to, they have to win this in my book to, to have mm. any chance of saying they've had a good season. Well, it's an interesting debate because, I mean, if you told a Chelsea fan that they'd made the Champions League final this year, 
they'd probably say it's a pretty good season. Like, you know, that's punching well above what they were used to do. You know, top four, maybe they weren't expecting to win the league, so maybe they'd be happy with top four. But I guess it's the way in which they made the top four. Is Roman Abramovich investing 250 to 300 million pounds just to get to finals? He's, he's there yeah. to win them. And they've that's been the there in two this point. They're in two this season. They've already lost one. They lose this one as well. Questions have surely got to be asked. Yeah, no, no, certainly, mate. I'm not, I'm not going to argue against that because <laughs> out of all the teams in the EPL, they, they, you know, more than Man City, you'd mm. have to say, they invested mm. very, very heavily. It, it, it almost seemed like they, um, they were desperate for success and they just got every single player they could get that was good, yep. young and up and coming, but they didn't really think much beyond that. They just thought, I'm just going to get all the best talent in Europe, bring him to Chelsea, and somehow Frank Lampard will put the puzzle pieces together, which obviously didn't work. Yep. But um, I mean, <clears throat> I still think I still think some of those talents like Havertz and Werner, they can, you know, they're they're class players, and I th I think they can turn it around in the second season. I mean, Nicola Pepe is a great example of that. Yeah, he might not be worth seventy million. But at the start of this season, Pepe was probably worth thirty million after his first season, and now he's probably closer to being worth fifty, sixty million or something like that. Maybe not in this today's market, because mm. we're talking when he was when he was bought for seventy-two million. It was a heavily inflated market compared to the COVID market, yeah. but so it's a very unfair comparison. But I think I think it's very much very much possible for those guys to to turn mm. it around, but. Yeah, mate, anything yeah. else on, on this final? Any other sticking points for you or anything uh, interesting? How do you think maybe Peppel set them up? Because he is notorious for a uh, for an interesting formation or an interesting tactic every now and then, or do you think he's very much settled? Because it has been a very settled season, you'd say, for Manchester City. They found a system and stuck yeah. with that for the majority of it. But it's, it's a system that's been kind of forced upon us, really, with, you know, the fitness of Aguero. And we've kind of had to play that false nine just to kind of get through. And it seems obviously to be working for us. But, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and try and guess what lineup Pep's going to go with. He's got so many decisions to make. One thing I would say is I think both times we've played Chelsea, we've not had Kyle Walker. And I think his pace, you know, the way that Werner hangs, that's why Werner's offside so much, because he is rapid and he hangs off the shoulder. But if you let him get in and he's onside, then you're in trouble. And I think Kyle Walker could play a very key role in this one. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to try and, and guess what Pep does. But the one thing I will say is the amount we learned from that Leon game uh, last season when you know we were dumped out um, embarrassingly by Leon because Pep overthought every single aspect of the game. I think he's learned a lot from that. And we've seen that in our, in our games in both legs against Dortmund, against PSG. We've gone there and know, yes, all right, you've got to be relatively reactionary to what they're going to do and try and counteract that but you've got to impose your game on them and, and you know basically say the way we play you're going to play our game this is what we're best at and this is how we're going to approach it and we saw that against PSG you know we, we can be dogged but we'll still play good counter-attacking football we'll still utilize our skill set we'll be very technical we'll create opportunities and we stick with the same way of playing um something that we didn't do in seasons gone by and I don't think Pep will change it here regardless of the fact that it's finally a Champions League final um I think we'll play in a much similar vein as, as we always do. And by the law of averages, Chelsea have beaten us twice in a row. So surely a City's turn to put one over on them now. But uh, the other thing I was looking at is first-time finalists uh, in the Champions League don't tend to fare so well. 
So I'm hoping we can kind of break that curse. Obviously, look at PSG, look at when Chelsea first got there and yeah, it didn't end well for them. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping we can break that duck and, and get the winner. Hope you can too, mate. Hope you can too. Uh, we're all, I'd love we're to all see City, it. really, aren't we? We're all City. I mean, they're just a harmless, you know, team <laughs> that you just, you know, love to see to win everything. We don't want to see Chelsea. Chelsea win another trophy. It's, it's never <laughs> it's never nice. No. Um, all right, buddy. The, we can call it quits there, I reckon, and we can move on to your first match of the day that you really wanted to look at yourself, mate, and you're taking me to the championship playoff playoff final, I guess you can call it. Yep. Brentford once again in the playoff final against Swansea City. Our man Matthew Benham, let's hope he can get the boys over the line this time, eh? Yes, mate, I'm taking you to Wembley um, as this uh, playoff final goes head-to-head. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, and I think it's Brentford's time to shine. Just kind of looking at it, you know, obviously they were in the playoff final last year, were, were massively unlucky. Um, obviously, uh, you know, losing out, I think it was to Fulham in the end. But I was looking at an interview and, you know, Pontus Janssen, uh, who's a Brentford defender, and he stated that last season's defeat um, at this stage, it will give them huge motivation and that they're so mentally strong going into this one. And some of the injuries they get, they don't care because they've got people coming in. They're so hungry for it that it doesn't even matter. Um and he had a slight pop at Ollie Watkins um, as well and Ben Rama actually saying that they were both quite emotional when things weren't going their way and it used to hamper the team. Mm. Um, but you're saying we haven't got that problem now. So it, it strikes me that they've got everything they need to to get in ahead of Swansea. And I think they're a slightly better side than Swansea. You know, they've got their, Swansea have got their quality, no doubt. You look at the likes of uh, RU and obviously got Horahan as well. But I just think Brentford, in terms of the way they are as a team, that the ethic they've got and, the season that they've had, they won't want to come here and, and go, you know, not and not and not succeed again. It, it just can't happen. I don't think it's in their in their mindset at all. And I think it's Brentford's time. Looking at the stats, you know, Brentford, their top scorers this season in the championship, um, with 82 goals and, and the top scorers tend to go up. It's just kind of the trend. Um the last six meetings uh, between the these two is we've seen around 280 booking points. It was uh, quite it's quite a ridiculous stat and that includes two red cards. Brentford have conceded the second fewest shots per game in the championship on average this season, just 8.4 shots per game. Um, meanwhile, Swansea City have averaged the fourth, the fourth least shots per game on average of 10.1. So I don't see Swansea getting that many opportunities um, in general, just like the way that you play. You know, even I think that the last outing against uh, against Barnsley it was, a, it was a long range effort. You know, it was a cracking goal, but you know, you're not going to score plenty of them. They don't get a lot of opportunities to see them go in the back of the net and. And Barnsley had the better share of that game, really. Swansea sort of hung on for that one. And Brentford are a much better side than Barnsley, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just looking at actually here in that game, Swans, Swansea were outshot 12-4 to by Barnsley in the second leg. Um, and like I said, Brent, Brentford have got that attacking prowess. They've got Ivor Tony up top, who's just absolutely lethal. He's having a fantastic season. I believe he's top scorer in the championship. Um and I think Swansea will pay the price if they're allowing their goal to constantly be peppered by the likes of Tony and co. So for me, I think there's great value here in a Brentford win inside the 90 minutes, uh, uh, 10 to 11. That's 1.9. But I also like um, the Asian over two goal line. So obviously we need three goals to win it. But if there are only two goals, we get our stake back. Um, I think there could be goals in this one. So yeah, my picks for this one, Brentford win at 10 to 11, but also the Asian over two goal line at 1.875. You can find both of them on Bet365. All right, nice. I've got a few bookies here who might be able to get better than was it one point nine one that you quoted? 
It was 1.9. I got, yeah, 10 to 11. Yeah, there's there might be a few bookies here. I mean, it's for you Norwegians and Swedes, you can get a bit better on BetSafe and Betson. Uh, F bet Leon bets. Sorry, just scrolling through the trade mate feed here. So, yeah, there's a few places there where you can get a little bit better, and maybe on the exchanges too, you can get a few points higher. But, um, yeah, mate, very I'm very excited for this one for all, uh, for all trade mate sports lovers. We've uh, we've had a nice little article of Matthew Benham, it's probably our most successful article on our blog about the. The professional sports better, who's uh, the owner of Smart Odds, and um, it's always a good time of year for our blog. Every time someone types in Brentford, they go straight to the article. Sometimes, so it's uh, <laughs> the blog is flourishing, mate. The blog is flourishing. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this year. I mean, it's 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 maybe it's just good if they make the the championship playoff final every year, so we get a little boost every every year, and everyone goes and checks out the article. <laughs> maybe they'll stop looking at it once they uh, once they make the Premier League. But um, yeah, Let's get more exposure then, surely, especially if they're finishing towards the top half, get even more exposure. Exactly, exactly. Well, this time next year, mate, you wait, you wait. What if they win the Premier League? Then, then trade, mate, sports will really let's be not, let's, let's not go too far. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, let's go to the MLS. Um, your first pick last week only only just lost in the last few minutes with that penalty. Um, this week, mate, you are taking me to New York. New York RB or Red Bulls versus Orlando City. Yeah, so I might taking you to the Red Bull Arena. Um, just to get right into it, the, the pick that I'm going for, I'm going to have a plump on under two and a half goals. Um, and you can get that at 1.9. That was a, what I managed to find earlier, best price at 3.65. But the stats behind it, um, you've got Orlando City you know, on a great run of form. Um, I'm beating the last six. However, their top scorer, Nani, who uh, United fans will remember, um, was obviously kind of like the Tesco value Cristiano Ronaldo when he was here. It's... Um, <laughs> But he's been ripping it up in, in the MLS. He's been fantastic. But he's suspended for this one. Um, he's serving the second of a two-game ban that was handed to him by the MLS just before their last game. Um, yeah, the Red Bulls centre-half Reyes, he's also going to miss this one through suspension. So uh, a suspension apiece. The top scorer for Orlando after Nani is Akindeli with uh, two goals. Um, yeah, New York Red Bulls top scorer as well. He's, he's 18 years old, uh, Caden Clark, and he's got three. So... Now, no one's kind of set in the field of light in terms of finding the back of the net for these two sides. Um, there's been under two and a half goals scored in five of Orlando's last six games. Uh, you know, it's not a very high scoring team, but they're kind of defensively sound. Meanwhile, the Red Bulls have seen under two and a half in their last three home matches against Orlando City in all competitions. Um, but yeah, Orlando, like I said, they were defeated in their last six MLS matches, got off to a fantastic start, start. Whereas New York Red Bulls, you know, they're still on the table. Uh, they've had back-to-back defeats and it's kind of seen the slow start to their season continue, really, which isn't something you'd uh, associate with the Red Bulls of old. Um, but Orlando, they've been, because they've been flying, they're unbeaten through those six, sit second in the East. They have only managed to score once um, against it. They, last time out, sorry, they managed to score once against Toronto and that Toronto side is completely depleted. It's been ravaged by injuries. You know, they should be scoring more past them and they still were only able to score one goal. And obviously that's the one that Nanny missed. So without Nanny, it just seems to be that they seem a bit toothless. Um, so I don't see any side running away with it. I don't see there being a hat full of goals. And given the fortunes of both clubs so far this season, I think Orlando would be confident of getting a positive result. But 
New York Red Bulls will make it hard for them. I just don't see this one being a goal fest, and I think it'll be quite tight and cagey with you know finishing being questionable um, without some key players. So yeah, for me, under two and a half goals, uh, one point nine was a potential bet. I quite like the look of uh, in the MLS this week. All right, awesome, mate. I think you quoted three six five before, but I think they have dropped in odds. So you've predicted that nicely there. I, I noticed Bet Victor. Uh, I can just get this up on my screen at under two and a half. So, yeah, 1.93 at Bet Victor at the moment. So, I guess you're looking for any price above 1.9, something like that. Ideally, or potentially maybe 1.85 is the, the lowest I go. Anything under that, I wouldn't touch it. But, yeah, ideally, what, what you want around 1.9, 1.91. Yeah, well, I mean, you're still widely available. I'm just looking here on the, the Trade Mate Sports feed. Pinnacle. Exchanges, Bet Chris, Coral, Nordic Bet. I mean, the list is of endless of, of books still able to get that 1.9 slate. So, yeah, widely available for all you MLS lovers, mate. And um, how's the how's all the Copper America previewing going, mate? You getting uh, getting lots of information around it, ready to go? Yeah, it's going all right, but. As is anything, there's always obstacles. Obviously, I don't know if you've seen, but the uh, the unrest in Colombia at the moment has been uh, obviously mass yeah. protests against their president and stuff. So uh, yeah, they've originally it was meant to be held in Argentina and Colombia. It was a dual hosting, but they've taken it away from Colombia now. And the Colombian FA have come back and said, "Can we postpone the Copa America until November?" So it's just kind of waiting to see what sort of happens with it. I don't think it will. I don't think they'll allow that. I think it may just be held in Argentina this year, but. Yeah, just kind of keep my eye on what's, what's going on out there. But no, apart from that, research is looking good. So I'm putting a, a big preview together of, of all the teams, you know, to give you a bit of info and on each side, each nation, uh, with a couple of key players and players to look out for. As I uh, mentioned on it, there's only going to be 10 teams in it this year because Australia and Qatar were invited to participate in it. But I think the uh, the Asian uh, FA have kind of brought forward uh, qualifiers for the World Cup, so they won't be able to, to feature in the Copa America. And as such, they've Australia and Qatar have pulled out so it is only a 10-team tournament this time, which obviously sees odds kind of drop a bit, but uh, gives you a clear, much more clear indicator of how things are going to pan out. Here's a big question for you. What's more farcical? Eurovision, Australia being in Eurovision, or Australia being in the Copper America? Oh, it's got to be Eurovision, isn't it? For I me? think so. I mean, they're both ridiculous calls. I, I mean, maybe Eurovision is, is a bit of a joke, isn't it? So maybe, well, it, maybe it we may as well not be in Eurovision. We've got zero votes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear something sad? Neil was telling me. I don't know if you listened to the podcast the other day. He uh, he actually was was trading Eurovision. So there you go. <laughs> That's when you know you fit the all time low. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> he said there was uh, five million pounds or something matched on on eurovision he said that's i mean I, I don't trade mate but he was saying that that's more than most premier league games so pretty He's decent. A braver man than me braver man than me <laughs> four million of that was neil's was, uh, he loves his eurovision he was he was just telling me all about it telling me how he's shocked that italy didn't win or who i don't know whoever didn't win oh. Whatever. Let's no, Italy, talk. Yeah. Italy won it and it was just horrendous. But yeah, can we please talk I think it was France. I think it's France. He was not happy oh, about right. winning it. So he's very shocked. Anyway, yeah, for more of that conversation, head over to episode 102, I think it was, of the German. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, mate, best bet of the weekend out of the, I guess you've gone through Champions League final, Championship playoff, and also that fixture in the MLS between New York and Orlando. What's your favourite out of all of them? Ooh, it's going to be a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with Brentford in the over two goal line on the Asian on the Asian uh, Asian markets over two goals. So, like I said, if there's only two goals in the game, you get your state back. If you see three or more goals, then uh, it's a winner. So that's at one point eight seven five on three six bet three six five. Good stuff, buddy. Uh, you can find George at C George Gamble, and I've got to write this down. Your other Twitter handle for just your personal picks, I guess, similar to what you do on this podcast. Yeah. So that's uh, George underscore C G G. So obviously C George Gamble. The initials of that. George underscore C G G. Um. You know what? While we're here, give, give Nigel a follow too. I mean, he hasn't rocked up for a couple of weeks, but go give Sealy underscore Nigel a follow on Twitter. Um, and yeah, premiersports.com, premiersportsplays.com. Sorry, that will be where George will be hosting his Copper America picks if the tournament goes ahead, that is. Um, mate. Let's finish off, as always, with the quiz question of the week. Which team has scored the most goals in the Champions League this season? Well, it's between two teams, isn't it? It's got to be, it's got to be between City and Bayern Munich. So I know Bayern Munich had a few big ones early on the season. City have had a, fa- a couple of fairly big wins and have been in the competition longer. Let's stick with the old faithful. Let's go with City. No, mate, Bias got the better of you. It's actually Bayern, and and they they got tw- twenty seven goals, and City are only on twenty five. So it was, I mean, it Not wasn't even it. that close. No. Uh, Chelsea and PSG with twenty two goals each. So bit, bit, very very interesting. They've played an extra one round than, or two games actually than Bayern, yeah, yeah. and um, Bayern still got the cookies, mate. So um, anyway, there's four, always four next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and that'll that'll do us for today, mate. Next podcast coming out for all you loyal listeners. I actually talked a bit of cricket betting with a man named Ed Hawkins, who's a journalist, author, better of cricket. Really, really interesting conversation about all things cricket betting for all you people that have been hitting me up for a long time about getting someone to talk about cricket. So that was good fun. But thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like. It always helps, guys. Um, And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today and weekly on the podcast, value betting ones especially, start a free week trial of Trade Mate Sports. George, mate, you've been terrific once again, mate. Looking forward to the Champions League final. And, um, yeah, everyone get your prayers in for Manchester City. Like I said, we're all city, but no cheers for having me. And I'll see you again soon. Yeah,